Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is Sunday, the 2nd of January, 2022. You should have made new aspirations. You're looking for new heights, new goals. You want to make change. You need to, you know, exfoliate your expression. You need to exfoliate with your flaws and make change. You want to better your aspiration, better your future, broaden your horizon. Today is a day to confess those sins and move forward and work on that progressive progression. Say today I'll do more for God than I did yesterday and tomorrow I'll do more for God tomorrow than I did today. Say hallelujah, make change, turn sin into the ascetics of life, the highs and the lows. On page 12, Matthew 6, 7, the Sermon on the Mount. There are four. I bid you put away anxious thoughts about food and drink to keep you alive. And clothes to cover your body. Surely life is more than food. And the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow and reap and store in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You are worth more than the birds. Is there a man of you who by anxious thought can add a foot to his height? And why be anxious about clothes? You consider the lilies grow in the fields. They do not work. They do not spin. And yet, I tell you, even Solomon in his splendor, who is not attired like one of those, but if that is how God clothes the glass, grass in the fields, which is there today and tomorrow is thrown on a stove, but not all the more clothes you. What are we to eat? What are we to drink? What shall we wear? All these are things for heaven to run after, not for you because your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Set your mind on God's kingdom and his justice before everything else, and the rest will come to you as well. So do not be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will look after itself. Each day has troubles enough of its own. See that what attire or clothes that you put on your body does not make the person. So all these designer clothes, all these things in life that you want to better, to better your, your appearance, it's not quantity on the person it's a quality within the person pass no judgment and you'll not be judged for as you judge others so you will yourselves be judged and whatever measure you deal out to others will be dealt back to you why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eyes will never a thought for the plank that is in your own or how can you say to your brother let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own. You hypocrite, first take the pla plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's. So you're trying to uh, justify someone's life the way they led their life, but you haven't led a great life yourself, and you're trying to set an example of someone else. Rather than try and bring someone down, down why don't you try and build them? Because that always will be your burden. Or your, of your life's footprint. Everyone has made mistakes in life. 
That's why it says treat thy brother like you like to be treated. Do not give dogs what is holy. Do not feed your pearls to pigs. They will only trample on them. And turn and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask and you will receive. Seek, you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who has asked receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there a man among who will offer his son a stone? When he asks for bread or a snake, when he asks for fish, if you then, bad as you are, know how to give your children what is good for them. All these parenting, parental responsibilities, taking their children to poison like McDonald's and take fast food takeaways. Feed them the plants you grow and cherish and nourish. You nourish your plants, don't you? You put plant food and you de-weed your plants. That's the sort of uh, food you want to be feeding your children. Fresh. Freshly picked fruit and veg. How much more will your Heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? Always treat others how you'd like them to treat you. That is the law of the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate. The gate is wide that leads to perdition. There's plenty of room on the road, and many go that way. But the gate that leads to life is a small and road, and the road is narrow. And those who find it are few. Beware the false prophets, men who come to you dressed up as sheep, but underneath they are savage wolves. You'll recognise them by the fruits they bear. Can grapes be picked from the briars, or the figs from thistles? In the same way, a good tree will always yield good fruit, and poor tree bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, or a poor tree good fruit. And when a tree does not yield good fruit, it is cut down and burnt. That is why I saw you will recognise them by their fruits. Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of Heavenly Father. When that day comes, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we, did we not prophesy in your name? Cast out devils in your name, and in the name perform miracles. Then I will tell them to their face, I never knew you, out of my sight, and you and your wicked ways. What of the man who hears these words of mine, that acts upon him? He is like the man who had the sense to build his house on the rock. The rain come down, the flood arose, the wind blew and beat upon the house. But it did not fall because its foundations were on the rock. But what of man who hears those words of mine and does not act upon them? He is like a man who is foolish enough to build his house on sand. The rain come down, the flood rose, the wind blew and beat upon the house. Then it fell with great crash. When Jesus had finished the dis disclosure, the people were astounded at his teaching. Unlike their own teachers, he caught with a note of authority. Down the narrow gate. The narrow gate is a, the road yours alone. Don't let anyone make disparity to your path. Your success is what you... What you reap is what you sow. 
let anyone you need to make sacrifice your friends your circle your socialists around you to get get down that narrow path on your own page 14 teaching and healing Matthew 8 after he had come down from the hill he was followed by a great crowd and now a leaper approached him bowed he, he, he bowed low and said sir if only you will you can cleanse me Jesus stretched out his hand touched him and said Indeed, I will be clean again. And his leprosy was cured immediately. And Jesus said to him, Be sure you tell nobody, but go and show yourself to the priest and make the offering laid down by Moses for your cleansing. That will clarify the cure. People get a sense of reading the Bible. I've read it absolutely hundreds of times. You get a sense of reading the Bible, you know, to your life's procurement. All the, all the sin and everything you've overindulged in your life. All this, all this scripture, all this scripture is captured in your imagination. You can probably, hi Bob. When he had entered the, the Capernaum, a centurion came up to ask his help. Sir, he said, a boy of mine lies at home paralyzed and racked with pain. Jesus said, I'll come and cure him. But the centurion replied, sir, who am I to have your have you under my roof you need only say the word and the boy will be cured i know for i am myself under orders with soldiers under me i say to no one go and he goes to another come here and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it jesus heard with his astonishment and said to the people who were following him i tell you this nowhere even in israel have i found such faith we all got that person, we all got that aspiration in life where, you, you know, a person you want to adhere to. Some might adhere to someone like Al Capone or Scarface or, you know, what you watch in the, in the movies. You get some people that adhere to the bad life and you get some people who adhere to the good life. We've all got um, some flaws. You know, I was an ex-professional boxer. Could have, re you know, really damaged my own health and someone else's in, in, in the process. It is a sport. It is a sport. So, you know, let's not jump to conclusions I was like a mass mass murderer or some gang gangster but it's not a good path to lead many people many of the listeners listening in have probably got some flaws that they don't want to own up because they've changed themselves for the better you want to put it behind you, you don't want to keep reminding yourself what you did in the past many I tell you will come from the east and west to feast with Abraham Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven but those who are born to the kingdom will be driven out into the dark, the place of wailing and grinding of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go home now, because of your faith, so let it be. At the moment, the boy recovered. Jesus then went to Peter's house and found Peter's mother-in-law in bed with fever. So he took her by the land. The fever left her, and, he, and she got up and waited on him. When evening fell, they brought to him many who were possessed by devils, and he drove the spirits out with a word and healed all who were ill. To make good the prophecy of Isaiah, he took away our illness and lifted our disease from us. A sight of the crowd surrounding him, Jesus gave words across to the other shore. A doctor of the law came up and said, Master, I follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have their holes, the birds the roosts. The son of man has nowhere to lay in his head. Another man, one of his disciples, said to him, Lord, 
Let me go and bury my father first. Jesus replied, follow me and leave the dead to bury their dead. Jesus then got into the boat and his disciples followed. All at once a great storm arose on the lake. Till the waves were breaking right over the boat, but he went on sleeping. So they came and woke him up, crying, Save us, Lord, we're shrinking. Why are you such cowards, he said. How little faith have you? Then he stood up and rebuked the wind and the sea, and it was a dead calm. The men were astonished, and what had happened? And exclaimed, What sort of man is this, that even the wind of the sea obey him? When he reached the other side, in a country of the Gadarenes, he was met by two men who came out of the tombs. They were possessed by devils, and so violent that no one dared pass that way. You son of God, they shouted. What do you want with us? Have you come here to torment us before our time? In the distance, a large herd of pigs was feeding, and the devils begged him, If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. Be gone, he said. They came out and went into the pigs. The whole herd rushed over the edge into the lake and perished in the water. The men in charge of them took their hills and they made for the town where they took where they told the whole story and what had happened to the man them. The mad men, sorry. Thereupon the whole town came out to meet Jesus and, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave the district and go. So he got into the boat and crossed over and came to his own town. And now some men brought him to a, a paralytic lying on a bed. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And this some of the lawyers said to themselves, This is blasphemous talk. Jesus read their thoughts and said, Why do you harbour these evil thoughts? Is it easy to say your sins are forgiven, or to say stand up and walk, but to convince you and the Son of Man has the right on earth to forgive sins? He now addressed the paralytic, stand up, take your bed and go home. Thereupon the man got up and went off home. The people were filled with awe at the sight and praised God for granting such authority to men. Page 16. Teaching and Healing, Matthew 9. I'm pretty sure I've read these pages, but we're going to carry on as we are. As he passed on from Jesus, saw a man named Matthew and his seat in a custom house, and he said to him, Follow me. And Matthew rose and followed. When Jesus was at the table in the house, many bad characters, tax gatherers and others, were seated with him and his disciples. The Pharisees noted this and said to his disciples, Why is it that your master eats with tax gatherers and sinners. Jesus heard them and said, It is not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. Go and learn what the next text means. I require mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to invite virtuous people, but sinners. Then John's disciples came to him with a question, Why do we and the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not. Jesus replied, Can you expect the the bridge groom's friends to be mourning while the, the bridge groom's is with them. The time will come when the, the bridge groom will be taken away from them. That will be the time for them to fast. 
No one suit, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth onto an old coat. For them, the patch tears away from the coat and leaves a bigger hole. No more do you put new wine into old skins. If you do, the skins burst. And then the wine runs out and the skins are spoilt. No, you put new wine into fresh skins and both are preserved. Even as he spoke, there came a president of the synagogue who bowed low before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Jesus rose and went with him, and so did his disciples. Then a woman who had suffered from a hemorrhages for twelve years come up from behind and touched the edge of his cloak. For she said to herself, If I can only touch his cloak, I shall be cured. But Jesus turned and saw her and said, My daughter, your faith has cured you. And from that moment she recovered. When Jesus arrived at his presence house and saw the flute players and a general commotion, he said, Be off. The girl was not dead, she was asleep. But I only laughed at him, but when everyone had been turned out, he went into the room and took the girl by the hand and she got up. His story became a talk of the of all the country around. As he passed on, Jesus was followed by two blind men. He cried out, Son David, have pity on us. And when he had gone indoors, they came to him. Jesus asked, Do you believe that I have the power to do what you want? Has any, any of you had a near death uh, life experience? Been, and you become cured and you feel like it's an act of your faith perhaps yes sir they said then he touched their eyes and said as you believe so let it be and their sight was restored Jesus said to them sternly see that no one else hears about this but as soon as they had gone out they talked about him all over the countryside they were on their way to out when a man has, was brought to him who was dumb and possessed by a devil the devils cast out, the patient recovered his speech. Filled with amazement, the onlooker said, Nothing like this has never been seen in Israel. He cast out devils by the prince of devils. So Jesus went round all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, announcing the good news of the kingdom, and curing every kind of alignment and disease. The sight of the people moved to the pity. They were like sheep without a shepherd, harassed and helpless. And he said to his disciples, the crop is heavy, but the labourers are scarce. You must therefore beg the owner to send labourers to harvest his crop. Then he called his twelve disciples to him and gave them the authority to cast out unclean spirits and to cure every kind of alignment and disease. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First Simon, also Peter, and his brother Andrew, James and Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip, and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax gatherers, James son of Alphaeus, Labius and Simon, a member of the Zealot party, and a Judas, Israel, the man who betrayed him. The twelve Jesus sent out the following instructions. Do not take the road to genital lands, and do not enter the Samaritan town, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and you go proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven is upon you. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse leapers and cast out devils. You receive without cost, give without charge. Provide no gold, silver or copper to f 
fill your purse. No pack for the road, no second coat, no shoes, no stick. The worker earns his, his keep. When you come to any t town or village, look for some worthy person in it and make your home there until you leave. Wish the house peace as you enter, so that it is worthy. Your peace may descend on it. If it is not worthy, your peace can come back to you. If any anyone will not, uh, not receive you or listen, what you say then as you leave that house or the town shake the dust of your feet i tell you this on the day of judgment will be more bearable for the land of sodom and the gomorrah than for that town look i send you out like sheep among wolves be wary of serpents innocent and doves and be on your guard for men will hand you over their courts they will flog you in the synagogues and you'll be brought before governors and kings for, for my sake to testify before them and the heaven. But when you are arrested, do not worry about what you are to say. When the time comes, the words you need to be given for you, for it is you who will be speaking. It is the spirit of your father speaking in you. Brother will betray you to death and the father his child. Children will, will turn against their parents and send them to their death and will hate you for their allegiance to me. But a man who holds out to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one town, take refuge in another. I'll tell you this, before you have gone through all the town of Israel, the Son of Man will have come. A pupil does not rank above his teacher or a servant above his master. A pupil should be content to share his teacher's lot, the servant to share his master's. If the master has been called, Bezalbub, how how much more is house how much how much more is household? So not be afraid of them. There's something covered up that will not be uncovered. Nothing hidden that will be made known. When I say to you in the dark, you must repeat in broad daylight. What you hear, what, uh, whispered, you must shout from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Fear him rather as are able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not sparrows to a penny, yet without a father's leave, not one of them call fall to the ground. As for you, even the hairs of your head have been counted. So have no fear, you are worth more than any number of sparrows. Whoever then will acknowledge me before man, I will acknowledge ledge him before my father in heaven. And whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. You must not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have to, I have to bring peace but a sword. I have to set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, a young wife against her mother-in-law, and a man will find his enemies under his own roof. No man is worthy of me who cares more for father or mother than for me. No man is, is worthy of me who cares more for son or daughter. No man is worthy of me who does not take up his cross and walk in his footsteps. What gain his life, a man will lose it. By losing his life, for my sake, he will gain it. To receive you, to receive me, and to receive me is to receive the one who is sent. 
Who receives a profit as a profit will be given a profit's reward. And whoever receives a good of God, a good man, because he is a good man, will be given a good man's reward. And if anyone gives so much a cup of cold water to one of those little ones, because he is his disciple mind, I tell you this, the man will surely not go unrewarded. When Jesus finished giving his 12 disciples their instructions, he left the place they went to teach and preach in the neighbouring towns. I want to highlight that, it's very powerful, because that's how you should treat yourself and everyone around you. If they, if they don't accept you for who you are, then you don't need to be around that circle of friends. As simple as that. My motto in life has always been, I don't need you, I don't need people, people need me. And that's not me being, you know, making out a better social class than you, it's just, I want to know my qualities, that my, I'm worthy or something. I'm not a piece of done fragmentation of an alienated piece of human excrement. The way I get treated by some humanity sometimes. Always know that you're, you're worth something in life. John, who was in prison, heard what Christ was doing and sent his own disciples to him with this message. Are you the one who is to come? Or are we to expect some other? Jesus answered, go and tell John what you are here and see. The blind will cover their sight. The lame walk. The leapers are clean. The deaf hear. The dead are raised to life. The poor are hearing the good news, and happy is the man who does not find me a stumbling block. When the messengers were on their way back, Jesus began to speak to the people about John. What was the spectacle that drew you into the wilderness? A reed bed swept by the wind? No. Then what did you go out to see? A man dressed in silks and saints. Surely you must look into the palaces for that. Why do you go out to see a prophet? Yes, indeed, and far from that, the prophet. He is the man of whom scripture says, Here is my herald who I send on the ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you this, never has there appeared on earth a mother's son greater than John the Baptist. And yet the least of the kingdom is, he is of heaven is greater than be. Page 20, Matthew 11, uh, verse 11. Ever since coming to the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven has been subject to violence, and violent men are seizing it. For all prophets and law fore, uh, foretold things to come out until John appeared, and John is destined a liar. Elijah, sorry. If you will but accept it, if you have ears that can hear, then here. How can I describe this generation? They like the children sitting in the marketplace and shouting to each other. We pipe for you and you would not dance. We wept and wailed and you would not mourn. For John came, neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He is possessed. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a gluten and a drinker a friend of tax gatherers and sinners, and yet God's wisdom is proved right by its results. For then he spoke of the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed and denounced them for their impatience. 
Elias for you. Chorazan, he said. Oh, Elias for you. Fifth Seder and the miracles that were performed in you and performed in Tyre and Sidon. They would long ago have uh, repented at a, at a sackcloth of and ashes. But they would be more bearable. I tell you, for Tyre and Sidon, on the day of the judgment, than for you. And as for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to the skies? No, brought down to the, de to the depths, if there the miracles had been performed in Sodom, which were performed in you, Sodom would be standing to this day. But it will be more bearable, I tell you, for the land of Sodom and the day of judgment, than for you. At the time Jesus spoke these words, I think thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for the hiding of things from learned and wise, and revealing them to the simple, yes, Father, such thy choice. Everything is entrusted to me by the Father, and no one knows the Son but the Father, and no one knows the Father but the Son, and knows to whom the Son may choose to reveal him. Come to me, all whose work is hard, whose load is heavy, and I will give you relief. Bend your necks to, the yoke, to my yoke, and learn from me, for my gentle and humble-hearted, and your souls will find relief. For my yoke is good to bear, my load is light. Once about that time, Jesus took a walk on a Sabbath through the cornfields, and his disciples, feeling hungry, began to pluck some ears of corn and eat them. The Pharisees noticed this and said to him, Look, your disciples are doing something which is forbidden on the Sabbath, he answered. Have you not read what David did when he and his men were hungry? He went to the house of God and ate the consecra uh, consecrated loaves. For neither he nor his men had a right to eat them, but only the priests. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple break the Sabbath? And it's not held against them. I tell you, there is something greater than the temple here. If you, if you had known what the text means, I will require mercy, not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is sovereign over the Sabbath. He went on to another place and entered their synagogue. A man was there with a withered arm, and they asked Jesus, "It is permitted to heal on the Sabbath." Their aim was to frame a charge against him. But he said to them, Suppose you had one sheep, which fell into a ditch on the Sabbath. Is there one of you who would not catch hold of it and lift it out? And surely a man is worth for more than a sheep, if it is therefore permitted to good on the Sabbath. Turning to the man, he said, Stretch out your arm, he stretched it out. And it was made sound again like the other. But the Pharisees, on their leaving the synagogue, laid a plot to do away with him. Jesus was aware of it and withdrew. Many followed and he curled up and who were, who were ill. And he gave strict injunctions that they were not to make him known. This was his fulfilment of Isaac's prophecy. He is my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved of whom my favour rests. I'll put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim judgment among the nations. He will not strive, he will not shout, nor will his voice be heard in the streets. He will not snap of the broken reed. Page 22. Nor enough for the smouldering wick 
until he leads justice unto victory. In him the nations shall place their hope. When they brought him, a man who was possessed, who was blind and dumb, and Jesus cured him, restoring both speech and sight, the bystanders were all amazed, and the word went around, Can this be the son of David? But when his Pharisees had heard it, they said, Only It is only by Bezalbub, prince of devils, that this man drives out the devils out. He knew it was that in their minds, so he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself goes to ruin. And no town, no household that is divided against itself can stand. And if it is Satan who cuts out Satan, Satan is divided against himself. Now then can have his then can his kingdom stand. And if it is the Bezalbub, but I, then I cast out devils, by whom do your own people drive them out? If this is your argument, they themselves will refute you. But it is, if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out the devils, then be sure the kingdom of God has already come upon you. To me, I read that in my own imagination. You know, when you go back to when you was young, when you was... Hello, thank you, uh, Farzad. It's you when you was young and you had your flaws and you was making sin and doing things. You knew you was doing wrong. You knew you was making sin. You knew you was acting inappropriate, incompetent, incomprehensible. You was acting out of character. You was acting out of humanity. You was acting inhumane. You know yourself where you was made, where you was bred and where you was buttered. There's a part of you that's retaliating against your adulthood, which your parenting. Going against what your parents are telling you how to condone your mannerism as a child. You come out of that shell as you get older, you get to your into your twenties, you start getting you know, you, you build a family yourself, you get your own place. You're starting to act a bit more appropriate, a bit more adult like. Still getting parenting of you know, parenting skills of your parents because you need to learn how to do decorating, you need to learn how to look after, you know, do your ironing your bedclothes. Your parents are still educating you. It still takes it time to come out of that, that way of sin. Or again, how can you break into a strong man's house and make off with his goods, unless he has first tied the strong man up before ransacking the house? He is not with me against me, and he does not gather with me scatters. Also, you might also some of you guys might have got a bit more involved in criminology, maybe thieving, stealing. I don't know. I don't know what circle social circles you got up to when you were younger. But I'm just giving you an idolisation of the whole society as a whole. As I tell you this, no sin, no slander is beyond forgiveness for men, except slander spoken against the spirit, and that will not be forgiven. Any man who speaks a word against the son of man will be forgiven. But if anyone speaks against the Holy Spirit, for him there is no forgiveness. Either in this age or not the age to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and the fruit it and its fruit bad. You can tell a tree by its fruit, you vipers brood. You can your words be good when you yourselves are evil. For the words that the mouth utters come from the overflowing of the heart. A good man produces good from a store of good within itself, and an evil man from evil within produces evil. I tell you this, there is not a toughness word that comes from the men's lips, but they will have to account for it on the day of judgment.
For you of your own mouth, you'll be acquitted. One of your own mouth, you'll be condemned. Page 23, Controversy. At this, Sumner doctored the law and a Pharisee said, Master, we should like you, like you to show us a sign, he answered. It is a wicked, godless generation that asks for a sign, and the only sign that will be given. It is the sign of prophet Jonah. Jonah was in a sea monster's belly for three days and three nights, and in the same are the Son of Man, will be three days and three nights in the bowels of the earth. At the judgment, when this generation is on the trial, the men of Nineveh will appear against it and ensure its condemnation. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and what is here is greater than Jonah. The Queen of the South will appear from the judgment when his generation is on the trial, and ensure the condemnation, for, the, for she came from the end of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And what is here is greater than Solomon. When an unclean spirit comes out of the man and wanders over the desert seeking a resting place, and finding none, it says, I'll go back to the home I left. So it turns and finds to the house unoccupied, swept clean and tidy. Off it goes and collects seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they all come into the inn and settle down. And in the end, the man's plight is worse than before. That is how it will be with the wicked generation. How was the speaking to the crowd? When his mother and his brothers appeared, they stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone said, your mother and brothers are here outside. They want to speak to you. Jesus turned to the man and was brought the message and said, Who is my mother? Who are your brothers? And pointing to the disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of the heavenly father is my brother, my sister and my mother. That same day, Jesus went out and sat beside the lake where so many people gathered round him that he had to get into the boats. He sat there and the people stood on the shore. He spoke to them in a parable at some length. He said, A sower went out to sow, and he sowed. Some seed fell along the footpath. The birds came out and ate it up. Some seed fell on the rocky ground where it had a little soil. It sprouted quickly. Page 24, Matthew 13. Because it had no depth on the earth, but when the sun rose, the young corn was scorched, and it had no root, it withered away. Some seed fell along the thistles, and the thistles shot up and choked the corn. And some of the seed fell onto the good soil, where it, was, where it bore fruit, yielding hundredfold, or it might be sixtyfold or thirtyfold, if you have ears, then hear. Disciples went up to him and asked, Why do you speak to the parables? He replied, It has been granted to you to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but those of others it has not been granted. For the man who has will be given more, till he has enough and to spare, and the man has not will forfeit even what he said. That is why I speak to them in the parables. If they look without seeing and listen without hearing or understanding, there is a prophecy of wiser, which is being fulfilled for them. You will hear and hear, but never understand. You will look and look, but never see. For this, P 
pupil has grown gross at heart. Their eyes are dull and their eyes are closed, otherwise their eyes might see, their eyes might hear and their heart might understand and then they might turn again and I would heal them. So like some people, I mean I, I'm, I'm in my academics, I look at something like a building, you know, like a building that's coherent, you know, coming back from the history. I look at it and think, why was that built? How was that built? I do a bit of research. Why was it built? How was it built? And, you know, where was it built? Look at the situation. Why was it built? Who was the, who done the blueprint? Who, who was the idea who made that blueprint to have that built? Why did they build it? Or build it? Like Colchester Castle, for instance. You know, you look at the blueprint. I mean, look at Parliament. Parliament itself. It's got the uh, the Catholicism um, interior design. Um, Pugin done the blueprint of Parliament. It's built for parliamentary uh, debates and Christianity. Oh, it also had some Catholicism to bring more cultures in together. That's the idea of the design inside. Um, but happy are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Many prophets and saints, I tell you, desire to see what you now see. You never saw it, to hear what you hear, yet you never heard it. You then may hear the parable of the sower. When a man hears the world that tells you the kingdom but fails to understand it, the evil one comes out and carries off what has been sown in his heart. There you have the seed sown along the footpath. The seed sown on the rocky ground stands for the man who, on hearing the word, accepts it at once with joy. But as it strikes no root in him, he has no stay in power, and when there is trouble or persecution on account of word, he falls away at once. The seed sown among thistles represents a man who hears this word. But worldly cares for the false glamour of wealth choke it, and it proves barren. But then the seed fell into the good soil, is the man who bears the word and understands it. He accordingly bears fruit and yields a hundredfold or it may be sixfold, thirtyfold. Here is no parable than he has put before them. The kingdom of heaven is like this, a man sowed his field with good seed. But while everyone was asleep with his enemy came, sowed Darnell among the wheat and made off. When the corn sprouted and began to fill it out, the darnel could be seen among it. The farmer's men went to their master and said, Sir, what is not good, a good seed that you sowed in the field? Then where, where he has darnel come from? This is the enemy's doing, he replied. Well then, they said, shall we go and gather darnel? No, he answered. In gathering it, you might be able to put up the wheat at the same time. Let them both grow together to harvest, and at harvest time, I will tell you, the reapers, gather the darnel first, and tie it in the bundles for burning, then collect the wheat into the barn. Yeah, I've got about another five minutes, Joel. And this is another parable that's put before them. The kingdom of heaven is like mustard seed, which a man took and sowed on his field. As a seed, mustard is smaller than any other but when it has grown, it is bigger than any other garden plant. It becomes a tree, big enough 
for the birds to come and roost among its branches. He told them also this parable, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, which a woman took and mixed with half hundredweight of flour, till it was all leavened. In all this teaching, the crowds, Jesus spoke in parables. In fact, he never spoke to them without a parable, thus making good the prophecy of Isaiah. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret since the word was made. He then dismissed the people and went out the house, where his disciples come to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the Darnell in the field. And this was his answer. The sower of the good seed is the son of man. The yield of the world is a good seed stand for the children of the United Kingdom. The Darnell for the children of the evil one. The enemy of the sowed the Darnell is the evil. The harvest is the end of time. Reapers are angels as the Darnell then is gathered up and burnt. So at the end of time, son of man will send out his angels. He will gather out his kingdom, everything that causes offence. And all whose deeds are evil, are these will be thrown into the blazing furnace, the place of wailing and grinding of teeth. And then the righteous will shine as brightly as the sun in the kingdom of their father. If you have ears, then hear. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure lying buried in a field. The man who found it buried it again and for the sheer joy went and sold everything he had and bought that field. Here is another picture of the uh, kingdom of heaven. A merchant looking out for the fine pearl, pearls found of very special value. So he went and sold everything he had and bought it. Again, again the kingdom of heaven is like a net lying down to the sea where fish of every kind were caught in it. When it was full, it was dragged ashore. Then the men sat down and collected good fish into the piles and threw the worthless away. That is how it will be at the end of the time. The angels will go forth, and they will separate the wicked from the good and throw them into the blazing furnace, the place of wailing and grinding teeth. Have you understood all this? he asked. And they answered, Yes, he said to them. When therefore a teacher of the law has become a learner in the kingdom of heaven, he is like a householder who can produce and restore both the new and the old. When he had finished these parables, Jesus left the place and came to his town, and he taught the people in their synagogue. In amazement they asked, where does he get the wisdom from and these miracle powers? He is not the carpenter's son, he is not the mother called Mary, his brother James, Joseph, Simon and Judas, and are not all his sisters here with us. Where then has he got all this from? So they fell foul on it of him, and this led him to say, a prophet will always be held in honour, except in his hometown and his own family. And he did not work many miracles there, such as their want of faith. I was at the time when the reports about Jesus reached the ears of Prince Herod. This is John the Baptist. He said to his attendants, John had been raised to life, and that is why the miracles powers are at work for him. For Herod had arrested John and put him in chains and thrown him into prison. On account of Herodus, his brother Philip's wife for John and told him, you have the right to her. Herod would have liked to put him to death. 
but he was afraid of the people. In eyes, John was a prophet, but at his birthday celebrations, the daughter of Herodus danced before the guests, and Herod was so delighted that he took the oath to give her anything she cared to ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a dish the head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed when we heard when we heard it by the regard for his oath and for his guest. He ordered a request to be granted, and John beheaded his in prison. The head was brought into the dish and was given to the girl, as she carried it to the mother. John's disciples came and took it away the body and buried it, and then he went and told Jesus. This is page 27, Controversy, Matthew 14. When he heard that what happened to Jesus privately brought boats to a lonely place, but people heard of it and came after him in the crowds and land from the towns. When he came ashore, he saw a great crowd. His heart went out to them, and he curled those, cured those of them who were sick. It grew late. The disciples come up to him and said, This is a lonely place, and a day has gone. Send the people to, off to the villages to buy themselves food, he answered. There is no need for them to go. Give them something to eat yourselves. All we have here, they said, is five loaves and two fishes. Let me have them, he replied. So he told the people to sit down on the grass. Then, taking the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and said the blessing, broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate their hearts to their hearts' content, and a scrap left over, which they picked up. Well enough to fill twelve great baskets. Some five thousand men shared in this meal, to say nothing of women and children. Then he made the disciples embark and go ahead to the other side, while he sent the people away. After doing that, he went up to the hillside and prayed alone. It grew late, and he was there by himself. The boat was already already some furlongs from the shore, battening with a head of wine, uh, wind, headwind and a rough sea between three and six in the morning he came to them walking over the lake when the disciples saw him walking on the lake while they were shaken that they cried out in the mirror it is a ghost but at once he spoke to them take heart it is i do not be afraid peter called to him lord if it is you tell me to come over to the water come said jesus peter stepped down from the boat and walked over the water towards Jesus but he saw the strength of the girl who was seized to fear and beginning to sink he cried save me Lord Jesus one uh, Jesus at once reached out and caught hold of him he said and why did you hesitate how little faith have you have then you've climbed into boat and the wind dropped and the men in the boat fell at his feet exclaiming truly you are the son of God page 28 we're gonna leave it there just now reading so I'll come back tomorrow and give you your blessing for the new year. We're gonna get we're gonna finish this Bible. I don't know how long it's gonna take because I've got so much study to get through as well. Um, I think this book it's got a, we could read it up to the end. It's got a letter of Jude, four hundred pages long. But this can be part of our New Year's resolution. It'll probably take most of January to get through because I've got a lot of study to get on with, but we're gonna do it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it is Justin Johnson and it is Tuesday 
the 4th of January 2022. I just want to say hallelujah. Praise God. Doesn't matter what sexuality you are, doesn't matter what race you are, doesn't matter what culture you are, ethos is a word. We all share one God. The New English Bible. Christianity today. Christian Bible. Matthew 14, 15. New Year's resolution. You should, last year, you should reflect on your flaws and make change. If you're in a situation or you suffer of alcoholism, overindulgence and food, you want to make change to better yourself than you was yesterday. You want to do more for God today than you did yesterday. Tomorrow, you want to do more for God than you did today. Hallelujah. Praise God. When we speak into, into uh, the Lord's pessimism, you say, some of you might say, I say, I want to be better than I was yesterday. Always trying to broaden my horizon, always trying to give people praise and give them a fortune, give them a direction. Make that change. Strength of the girl, he was seized with fear and beginning to sink, he cried. Save me, Lord Jesus at once reached out and caught hold of him and said, why did you hesitate? How little faith you have. They then climbed into the boat and the wind dropped and then the men in the boat fell at his feet, exclaiming, truly you are son of God. So they finished the crossing and came to land at Genzeret. There Jesus recognised by the people of the place who sent out word to all the country round and all who were ill were brought to him and he was begged to allow them simply to touch the edge of the cloak, his cloak. And everyone who touched it was completely cured. Jesus was then approached by a group of Pharisees and lawyers from Jerusalem with the question, why do your disciples break the old established tradition? They do not wash their hands before meals, he answered them. And what of you? Why do you break God's commandment in the interest of your tradition? For God said, Honour your father and mother, and the man who cures his father or mother must suffer death. And the man who curses his father, oh, but you say, if a man says to his uh, father or mother anything of mine, which might have been used for your, for your benefit, is set apart for God. Then he must not honour his father or his mother. You made God's law null and void out of respect of, to, or to your, for your uh, tradition. This people pays me the lip service, but their heart is far from me. Their worship is me, is in vain. For they touch the doctrines, the commandments of men. He called the crowd and said to them, Listen to me, understand this. A man is not defiled by what goes into his mouth, but by what comes out of it. Then the disciples came to him and said, Do you think that the Pharisees have taken great offence at what you have been saying? His answer was, Any plant that is not of my heavenly Father's planting will be rooted up. Leave them alone. They are blind guides. And if one blind man guides another, they will both fall into the ditch. Then Peter said, 
Tell us what that parable means. Jesus answered, Are you still as dull as the rest? Do you not see that whatever goes in your mouth passes into the stomach, and so it's discharged into the drain? But what comes out of the mouth has origins in the heart, and that it was that uh, defiles a man, wicked thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, perjury, slander. All those proceed from the heart, and these are things that defile a man. But to eat without first washing his hands, that cannot defile him. I just want to highlight that, highlight that part of my book. It's important to my study. It's important to my life. Good evening, good evening, Juggy. I'm giving people a blessing. So if you want to hang around, buddy, more than welcome. Nice to see you. Jesus and his disciples. Jesus then left the place and withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And a, a Canaanite woman from those parts came crying out, Sir, have pity on me, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a devil. But he said not a word in reply. His disciples came and urged him, Send her away. See how she comes shouting after us, Jesus replied. I was sent to the lost sheep of those house of Israel and to them alone. But a woman came and fell at his feet and cried, Help me, sir. To this Jesus replied, It is not right to take the children, uh, children's bread, bread away and throw it to the dogs. True, sir, she answered. And yet the dogs ate the scraps that fell from their master's table. Hearing this, Jesus replied, Woman, what faith you have. Be it as you wish. And from that moment, her daughter was restored to health. After having leaving, uh, leaving the region, Jesus took the road by the sea of Galilee and went up to the hills. When he settled there, crowds flocked to him, bringing with them the lame, blind, dumb and crippled and many other sufferers. They flung them down to his feet and he healed them. Great was the amazement of the people when they saw the dumb speaking, the crippled strong and lame walking, the sight restored to the blind, and they gave praise to the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I feel sorry for all, all these people. They have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. I don't want to send them away unfed. They might turn faint on the way, the disciples replied. Where in this lonely place can we find bread enough to feed such a crowd? How many loaves have you? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. And there are a few small fishes. So he ordered the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fishes. And after giving thanks to God, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the people. They all ate their hearts content and uh, scraps left over, which they picked up were enough to fill seven buckets. 4,000 men shared in this meal to say nothing of women and children. He then dis uh, dismissed the crowds, go into a boat and went to the neighbourhood of the garden. The Pharisees and uh, uh, Sadducees came 
And to test him, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. His answer was, It is a wicked generation that asks for a sign, and only the sign that will be given. It is the sign of Jonah. So he went off and left them. In crossing to the other side, the disciples had forgotten to take bread with them. So when Jesus said to them, Beware, be on your guard against the heaven of the Pharisees and the seducers. They begin to say among themselves, It is because we have brought no bread. Knowing what was in their minds, Jesus said to them, Why do you talk about bringing them no bread? Where is your faith? Do not understand even yet. Do not remember the five loaves for the five thousand and how many breakfasts you picked up, or the seven loaves for the four thousand and how many basketfuls you picked up. How can you fail to see I was not speaking about bread? Be on your guard. I said against the heaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood. They were to be on their guard, not against the baker's uh, leaven of the Pharisees and seducers, but against their teaching. When he came to the territory of the Cerasea, uh, Philippi, Philippi, sorry, Jesus asked his disciples, Who do men say that the Son of Man is? They answered, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And you, he asked, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter says, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus said, Simon of Jonah, you are favourite indeed. You do not learn that from the mortal men. It was revealed to you by the Heavenly Father. All I say is this to you, you are Peter, the rock. And on this rock I'll build my church. And the forces of death shall never overpower it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you forbid on earth shall be forbidden in heaven. And what you allow on earth shall be allowed in heaven. He gave his disciples strict orders not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. From the time Jesus began to make it clear to his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and there to suffer as much from the elders, chief priests and lawyers, to be put to death and to be praised again on the third day. At this, at this, Peter took him by the arm and began to rebuke him. Heaven forbid, he said, no Lord, this shall never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, away with you, Satan. You are a stumbling block, uh, block to me. You think as men think, not as God thinks. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to be a follower of mine, he must leave self behind. He must take up his cross and come with me. Whoever cares for his own safety is lost, but if a man will let himself be lost for, the, for my sake, he will find his true self. What will a man gain by winning the whole world? At a cost of his true self, or what he can give, they will buy that self back. For the Son of Man is to come to, into the glory of the Father with his angels, and then he will give man the due reward for what he does, what has done. If I tell you this, there are some standing here. You will not taste death before they seen the Son of Man coming into the kingdom. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and James and John, the brother of James, and led them up high mountain where they were alone. 
and in their presence he was transfigured. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes become white as the light. As they saw Moses and Elijah appear, conversing with him, Peter spoke, Lord, he said, How good is that we are, if you wish it, I will make three shelters here, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud suddenly overshadowed shadowed them, and a voice called from a cloud, This is my son, my beloved, and whom I favour rests. Listen to him. At the sound of the voice, the disciples fell on their faces in terror. Jesus then came up to them, touched them, and said, Stand up, do not be afraid. And when they raised their eyes, they saw no one but only Jesus. On the way down the mountain, Jesus enjoyed them, not to tell anyone of the vision until the Son of Man had begun and raised from the dead. Disciples put a question to him. Why then do our teachers say that Elijah must come first? He replied, Yes, Elijah. You'll come and set everything right, but I tell you, that Elijah already has come and they have failed to recognise him and worked their will upon him. And in the same way, the Son of Man is a sufferer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he meant John the Baptist. When they, tur- when they returned to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, fell on his knees before him and said, Have pity, sir, on my own. He is an epileptic and has bad fists. And he kept uh, falling about, often into the fire or even into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Jesus answered, What an unbelieving and unperverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How much longer must I endure you? Bring him here to me. Jesus then spoke sternly to the boy. The devil left him, and from that moment he was cured. Imagine if it's something that powerful that can actually cure everything that you go through in life. I mean, obviously, we all believe in Jesus Christ and whatever else, all the um, true Christians, anyone else from every other culture will. Hi, yeah, Caitlin. After the disciples come to Jesus and asked him privately, why could we not cast it out, he answered. Your faith is too weak, I'll tell you this. If you have faith, no bigger even the mustard seed. You will say to this mountain, move from to here, and it will move. Nothing will prove impossible for you. They were going, they were going about altogether in Galilee when Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is to be given up into the power of men, and they will kill him. Then on the third day he will be raised again, and they were filled with grief. On their arrival to the the Carpenon, the collectors of the temple tax came up to Peter and asked, Does your master not pay the temple tax? He does, said Peter. He went indoors. Jesus forestalled him by asking, Why do you think about this, Simon? For whom do earthly monarchs collect tax or toll? For their own citizens or from aliens? From aliens, said Peter. Why then, said Jesus, the citizens are exempt. But as we do not want to cause difficulty for these people, go and cast a line in the, in the lake. Take the first fish that comes to the hook. Open its mouth and you'll find a silver coin. Take that and pay it in. It will meet the tax for us both. 
At a time, the disciples come to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child, set him in front of them and said, I'll tell you this, unless you turn around and, and become like children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Let a, let a man humble himself till he, has, till he is like his child, and he will be with the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one child in the name receives me. But if a man is a cause of stumbling to one of these little ones who have faith in me, it would be better for him to have a mistletoe hung round his neck and be drowned to the depths of the sea. Elias for the world, there's such causes of stumbling arise. Come they must, but woe betide the man through whom they come. If your hand or foot is your undoing, cut it off and fling it away. It is better for you to enter into life maimed or lame than, than to keep two hands or feet and be thrown into the central eternal fire. If it is your eye that is undoing, tear it out and fling it away. It is better to enter life with one eye and keep both eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Again, I want to highlight that as well because that's a good saying. We'll read that out again. Tell me what you make of it. I know what I make of it. I read this the other day. I think I'm back on the same world bit. And read this again. Elias for the world, such a cause of stumbling the eyes. Come they must, but woe betide a man through whom they become. If your, ha if your hand or foot is your undoing, cut it off and fling it away. Your undoing means like doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Like paedophiles or burglars or anything causing anything criminology, racketeering. Cut it off. Make yourself lame so you can't do it again. It is better for you to enter into life maimed or lame than to keep two hands and feet and be thrown into eternal life. If it is your eye that is your undoing, tear it out and fling it away. It is better to enter into life without one eye then to keep both eyes and be thrown into the fires of hell. Never despise one of these little ones, I tell you. They have their guardian angels in heaven who look continually <gasps> on the face of my heavenly Father. What do you think, suppose a man has a hundred sheep? If one of them strays, does he not leave the other ninety-nine on the hillside and go in search of one that strayed? And if you should f find it, I tell you this, he's more delighted over that sheep than ever the 99 than never strayed. In the same way, it's not your heavenly father, father's will that one of these little ones should be lost. If your brother commits a sin, go and take the matter up with him strictly between yourselves. And if he listens to you, you have won your brother over. He will not listen. Take one or two others with you. So all that facts may be dully established on the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, report the matter to the congregation. And if he will not listen, even to the congregation, you must then treat him as you would a pagan or the tax gatherer. I'll tell you this, whatever you forbid on the earth shall be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you allow on earth shall be allowed in heaven. Again I'll tell you this, if two of you agree on earth about any request you have to make, the request 
will be granted, granted by my, granted by my Heavenly Father, for where two or three have met together in their name, I'm there among them. Then Peter came up and asked him, Lord, how often am I to forgive my brother if he goes on me wrongdoing? As many as seven times, Jesus replied, I do not say seven times, I say 70, 77 times. The kingdom of heaven, therefore, shall be brought of in this way. There was once a king who decided to settle accounts with the men who served him. At the outset, they appeared before him as a man who was in debt, ran into millions, since he had no means of paying him. His master ordered him to be sold to meet the debt with his wife, his children, and everything he had. The man, fell, um, the man fell prostrate at his master's feet. Be patient with me, he said, and I'll pay in full. And the master was so moved with the pity that he let the man go, remitted the debt. But no sooner had the man gone out than he had met a fellow servant who saved him with a few pounds and catching hold of him, he gripped him by the throat and said, Pay me what you owe. The man fell at the fellow servant's feet and begged him, Be patient with me and I'll pay you. But he refused and the man jailed until he should pay the debt. The other servants were deeply distressed when they saw what had happened and they went to their master and told them the whole story. He accordingly sent for the man. You scoundrel, he said to him, I remitted the whole of your debt. When you appealed to me, were you not bound to show your fellow servant the same pity as I showed to you? And so angry was the master that you condemned the man to torture until he could pay the debt in full. And that is how my heavenly father will deal with you, unless each of you forgive your brother from your hearts. When Jesus had finished this disclosure, he had left Galilee and came into the region of Judah across Jordan. Great crowds followed him and he was healed from there. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, It is lawful for a man to divorce his wife on any other every ground. He asked in return, Have you ever read the Creator made from the beginning, male and female? And he added, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and he made one wish to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It follows that no longer two individuals, they are one flesh. What God has joined together, man must not separate. Why then? The object did Moses lay it down that a man might divorce his wife. By a note of dismissal, he answered, it was because they were so untouchable that Moses gave you permission to divorce your wives. But it was not like that when it all began, I tell you. If a man divorces his wife for any other any cause other than unchastity and marries another, he commits adultery. The disciples said to him, If that is the position with husband and wife, it is better to refrain them from marriage. To this he replied that it is something which not everyone can accept, but only those for whom God he appointed it. For while some are only those for whom God has appointed it, or while some are incapable of marriage because they were born so, or were made so by men. There are others 
who have themselves renounced marriage for the sake of united, for the kingdom of heaven, that those accept it who can. They brought children to him to lay his hand on them with a prayer. The disciples scolded them for it. Jesus said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not try to stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such, to such as these. As he laid his hand on the children and went this his way. And now a man came up and asked him, Master, what good must I do to gain eternal life? Good, said Jesus. Why do you ask me about that? One alone is good, but if you wish to enter into life, keep to the commandments. Which commandments, he asked. Jesus answered, Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false evidence. Honour your father and mother, and love thy neighbour as yourself. The young man answers, I have kept all these, where do I still fall short, Jesus said to him. If you wish to go the whole way, go sell Go sell your uh, possessions and give to the poor, and then you have riches in heaven, and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away with heavy heart, for he was a man of great wealth. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you this, a rich man will find it hard to enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, Pete, it is, if it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed to hear this. Then, who can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them in the face and said, For men, this is impossible, but everything is possible for God. At this, Peter said, Here are we left everything to become your followers. We will there be for us, Jesus replied, I tell you, this in the world that it is to be. When the Son of Man is seated on his throne in heavenly splendour, you, my followers, will be the thrones of your own, where you'll visit, and we will sit as judges of the twelve tribes of Israel. And you, who has left brothers and sisters, father, mother of children, land or houses for the sake of the name of the will be repaid. Thank you for the favourite, Bobby. Many times over and, and gain eternal life, but many who are first be last and the last first. The kingdom of heaven is like this. There were once landowner. We went out early in the morning to hire labourers for this, his vineyard. And after agreeing to pay them the, the usual day's wage, he sent them off to work. Going out three hours later, he saw more men standing idle in the marketplace. Go and join the others in the vineyard, he said, and I'll pay you a fair wage. So off they went. At noon he went out again, and three in the afternoon, and made the same arrangement as before. And before sunset he went out and found another group standing there. So he said to them, Why are you not standing about like this all day with nothing to do? Because no one has hired us, they replied. So they told them, Go and join the others in the vineyard. When evening fell, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the labourers and give them their pay beginning with those who come last in the ending with the first. Those who had started work an hour before sunset came forward and were paid in a full day's wage. When it was the turn of the men who had come first, expecting something extra, but were paid the same amount as others. As they took it, they grumbled at their employer. These late uh, latecomers have done only four hours' work, 
yet you have put them on a level, level with us. You have, you have sweated the whole day long in the blazing sun. The owner turned to one of them and said, My friend, I'm not unfair to you. You agreed on the usual wage for the day. Did you not take your pay and go home? I choose to pay the last man the same as you. Surely I'm free to do what I like with my own money. Why be jealous because I, I am kind? Last will be the last and the first last. Page 37, Matthew 20. Challenge to Jerusalem. Jesus was journeying towards Jerusalem and on the way he took the twelve aside and said to them, We are going to Jerusalem and the Son of Man was given up to the chief priests and the doctors of law. They will condemn him to death and hand him over to the foreign power to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and on the third day he will be raised to life again. The mother of Zebedee's sons then came before him. With her sons she bowed lower and begged a favour. What is, what is it you wish, asked Jesus? I want you, she said, to give orders that in your kingdom my, t my two sons here may sit next to you, or one at, you, at your right and the other at your left. Jesus turned to the brothers and said, you do not understand what you're asking. Can you drink the cup that I, that I am to drink? We can, they replied. Then he said to them, You shall indeed share my cup, but sit at my right or the left. It is not for me to grant. It is for those to whom it has already been assigned by my father. When the other ten heard, heard this, they were indignant with two brothers. So called them to him and said, you know what, in the world, rulers, lord it is over their subjects, and their great men made them feel weight of authority. But it shall not be so with you, among you, whoever wants to be great must be your servant, and whoever would be first must be the willing slave of all. Like son of man, he did not come to be served, but to serve, and surrender his life as a ransom for many. As they were leaving Jericho, he was followed by the great crowd of people. At the roadside sat two men, blind men, and they heard it, said, Jesus passing, they shouted, Have pity on us, son of David. The people rounded on them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the more, Sir, have pity on us, have pity on us, son of David. Jesus stopped and called men, What do you want me to do for you? he asked. Sir, they answered, We want we want sight Jesus was deeply moved and touched their eyes at once their sight came back and they went on after, after him they were now nearing Jerusalem and when they reached Bethany and the Mount of the Olives Jesus sent out two disciples with the instructions go to the village opposite where you will at once find a donkey tethered with the foal beside her untie them and bring them to him if anyone speaks to you say our master needs them and will tell you to take them at once this is in fulfillment of the prophecy which says tell the daughter of zion here is your king who comes to you in gentleness riding on a, on an ass riding on a on a fowl of a beast burden the disciples went and did as Jesus had, had directed and brought the donkey and her fowl. 
They laid their cloaks on them, and Jesus mounted. Crowds of people carpeted the road with their cloaks, and some cut branches from the trees to spread his, in his path. Then the crowd that went ahead, and the others that came behind and raised the shout, Hosanna, the son of David, Hosanna in the heavens. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city went wild. Rick Simon, who is this? People asked, and the crowd replied, This is the prophet Jesus with the Nazareth of Galilee. Jesus then went into the temple and drove up out out of the who were buying and selling in the temple's precincts. He upsets the tables of the money changers and the seats of the dealers and the pigeons and said to them, Scripture says, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a robber's cave. In the temple, blind men and cripples came to him, and he healed them. The chief priests and the doctors of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and heard the boys in the temple shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. When they asked him indignantly, Do you hear what, Jesus, what they are saying? Jesus answered, I do. Have you never read the text? Though hast made children and babes at a breast sound aloud thy praise. Then he left and went out of the city of Bethany, where he spent the night. Next morning on the way to the city, he felt hungry. And seeing the fig tree at the roadside, he went up, but found nothing on it but leaves. He said to the tree, You shall never be fruit any more. And the tree withered away at once. The disciples were amazed at the sight. How, how is it, they asked, that the tree was withered so suddenly? Jesus answered them, I'll tell you this, if only you have faith and have no doubts, you'll do what has been done to the fig tree. And more than that, you'll need only to say this mountain, be lifted from your place and hold into the sea. And what you say will be done. And whatever you pray for in faith, you'll receive. He entered the temple, and the chief priests and the elders of the nation came to him with a question. By authority, are you acting like this? Who gave you like authority, Jesus replied. I have a question to ask you. Answer it, and I will tell you by what, um, by what authority I act. The baptism of John, was it from God or from men? This set them arguing among themselves. If we say from God, he will say, then why did you believe him? But if we say from men, we are afraid of the people. They will all take from John a, pro uh, a, pro a prophet. So they answered, we do not know. And Jesus said, Then neither will I tell you by what authority I act. But what do you think about this? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, My boy, go and work today in the vineyard. I will, sir, the boy replied. But he never went. The father came to the second and said the same. I will not, he replied. But afterwards he changed his mind and went. Which of these two and his father wished? The second, they said. Then Jesus answered, I'll tell you this. Tax gatherers and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For when John comes to show you the right way of life to live, you do not believe him, but the tax gatherers and the prostitutes did. And even when you did see that, you did not change your minds and believe him. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall round it, held out a wine press and built a watchtower 
Then he let it out the vine growers and went abroad. When the Fintan seen his approach, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect their produce due to him. But they took his servants and trashed one, murdered another and stoned a third. Again, he sent other servants, this time a larger number, and they did some to them. At the last he sent to his son, his son. They will respect my, my son, he said. But they saw the son. The tenants said to one another, This is the hare. Come on, let us kill him and get his inheritance. And they took him, flung him into the vineyard and murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard comes, how do you think he will deal with those tenants? He'll bring those bad men and uh, bad men to a bad end. They answered, and hand the vine over to the other tenants, who will let them have their share of the crop. When the season comes, the Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders reject has become the main cornerstone? This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from from you and given to the nation that yields like proper fruit. When the chief priests of the Pharisees heard his parables, they saw that he was referring to them. They sound to arrest him, but they were afraid of the people who looked on Jesus as a prophet. Then Jesus spoke to them again as the parables. The kingdom of heaven is like this. There was a king who prepared a feast for his son's wedding, but he sent his servants to summon the guests he had invited. They would not come. He sent others again, telling them to stay as to the guests. See now, I prepared the feast for you. I had my bollocks and fatted beasts slaughtered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding once, but they took no notice. One went to his farm, another to his business, and the others seized the servants, attacked them brutally and killed them. The king was furious. He sent troops to kill them at those murderers and set their town on fire. Then he said to his servants, The wilderness feast is ready, but the guests I invited did not deserve the honour. Go out to the main thoroughfares and invite everyone you can find to the wedding. The servants went into the streets and collected all they could find, good and bad alike. So the whole, the whole, the hall was packed with guests. When the king, the king came in to see the company at the table, he observed one man who was not dressed for the wedding. My friend, said the king, how do you come to here without a wedding of others? He had nothing to say. The king said to the attendants, bind him, hand and foot, turn him into the dark, the place of the wailing and grinding teeth. For though many are invited, few are chosen. Proclamation news and gatherance with the prodigious, the prominent Professor Johnson. We're live on podcast, live on YouTube, live on CastBox, Applecast, Podbean, you name it, Proclamation News and Gavins claims it. Um, it's a bit of a bit of a strange old week on the old political front. Sergio Sama criticising Boris Johnson, jo- I suppose I say Joris Johnson, Boris Johnson for the uh, his Christmas antics um, and, Mar- and before March last year, the um, the garden gatherance with the work colleagues. Sir Keir Starmer has been caught um, amidly drinking himself. 
funny, isn't it? It's funny how they criticise, but doing their own thing. They're doing their own thing. They're doing their own thing, but exactly the same thing they criticise another. How ironic is that? That's what we call uh, pot kettle black. That's, what, that's the name. Um, the name for that. The phrase for that. Anyway, before you enter UK roads, think safety. Think first. Do not enter your vehicle under sleep deprivation, under influence alcoholism, or narcotics. Make sure you've got tax, MOT, cars insured, a driving license, funny enough. Sounds ironic to some of the youth today, but there's some juveniles out there that will get in a vehicle, probably under the influence of everything, under the influence of sleep deprivation, under the influence of alcohol, under the influence of getting a car, no tax, MOT, or insurance, just driving. Driving willy nilly, thinking they're, um, you know, they're just, all they are is little herberts, re absolute recubates, destroying humanity. <laughs> but um, yeah, check your water corn tank, engine oil, make sure it tops up to the maximum level. Check your PSI limits, make, making sure you've got plenty of sufficient air pressure in your tyres. PSI limits on the side of your tyres, making sure your tyres are not bold. Making sure you and passengers have seat belts on and babies have seat belts adapters adjacent to the car seat. Thank you, Mr. Ray. Um, check for further police uh, police actions, further road safety signs. Check for road workers. Be vigilant when you drive around road workers because it will be road work sign up nine times out of ten. But if you see a road worker's house fencing up, be vigilant around their work because if a worker is to leer behind a fence and you and you're go you're going at as high speed, you might hit a, a road worker, which is your fault be your fault uh, check, check in center mirror wing mirror for turning acting into a safe sufficient direction of choice check over your opposing shoulder before turning into that direction because you might be having a motorcyclist overtake anyway as we move on to UK roads right mark constituency first off we have an incident on the A120 slow traffic on A120 Cockshaw Road around Great Tay Road in the construction of temporary traffic lights are in operation I just want to give you a bit of uh, who I am. You probably think, why is he doing this? Why is he on the radio every day? What's he talking about politics for? I'm a local uh, councillor. I'm part of the uh, Conservative Party, part of the committee team. And we're working hard day in, day out to make turn back uh, constituency organic green. I do uh, report things like traffic lights not working at main roads on a, on a main roundabout coming into uh, Colchester, going to Clacton and going back out to London. There's no traffic lights, no Christmas. Someone hit that roundabout and they, some, I think someone died at the uh, scene apparently. But anyway, I reported the uh, roundabout no lights to the Essex um, County Council. They got someone out to, I think they're getting someone out to fix the ECU unit. It's a major, major, it's a, ma it's a major, you know, task, isn't it? It's, you know, it's an operation that could save life. So that's what I do. And looking at um, things local, shopping centres, broken bollards, which there was one. And it's been now fixed by the uh, local authorities, which could have, you know, could have fallen over, killed a baby, or fell on a mother or father's foot as they walked into the shop. And a manhole cover, which was for the lamppost lights, I believe. Yeah, it's for the lamppost lights. So manhole cover, if you know what I mean, next to the lamppost in the road, so it was caved in. So a dear old lady who fell down that, or an old man, or a young lad, or someone like myself fell down the hole, probably broke a shin. So me reporting these little incidents could save someone's shin <laughs> or save someone's life. But um, that's exactly what I do. So if you're in, in my constituency in Essex and you want to give me um, anything that you might face, a bit of a 
provocation to your community or society, please let me know. Uh, A127, partially blocked accident, slow traffic. Partially blocked and slow traffic due to accident on A127 South End, Arterial Road, eastbound from A1245. Fair Glen Interchange to A129, Rayleigh Road, Rayleigh Ware. 11.28, first reported. These are all today's reports. M11, A13, this is northeast of uh, London, well, Greater London, I think, I believe. A113, queue and traffic construction area on A113, High Road near Vicarage Lane in the construction area. Temporary traffic lights are in operation. 11.43. A Vicarage Lane, we all know what a Vicarage Lane is. It's usually the vicar of the church that's nearby is where he lives, Dan Vicarage Lane, usually. A1009. Road blocked and, it, and very slow traffic due to accident A1009 Hall Lane at A1037 Waltham Way, the Old Hall Tavern. Congestion to the A1112 Chingford Mount Road between Crooked Billet and A1009 Hall Lane. Detour is in operation for bus route 444. I'm going to do one more report of a car incident. I like to give out a car incident. It gives you guys a bit of an insight. You know, plan your destination. Why would you plan your destination? You've got to get to the doctor's appointment. You've got to get to the airport. You've got to take your, your, you know, your wife to give birth to your child or whatever. But you haven't planned your destination. That road, that lane is closed. Your wife is about to give birth of your newborn child. You didn't make to the hospital because her waters broke. And now she's given birth inside your vehicle this the importance of planning your destination save fuel as well you could break down couldn't you, if you didn't plan if you just put enough fuel to go from a to b not put enough fuel on board you got to remember you got to make way for instance roadworks congestion road closure lane close and weather instance this is west of london m4 road close and delays due to roadworks until the early hours of monday morning on m4 both ways between junction 4b M25 interchange and Junction 3, Hayes and Heston. Congestion to eastbound approach and similar delays on the diversion route. Detour is in operation at 20 past 7 a.m. I'm not going to tell you guys what side of the fence or, you know, left uh, left or right or centre. Um, what side of the fence you want to you know, jump on board on politics. up to you. It's each to their own destination. Some people do it through... Uh, Traditional values, I was going to say conservative values, but obviously conservative means traditional, but it's also a bit biased to who I want you to come and support. But anyway, if you're a Labour, if you're SNP, or if you're Lib Dem, whatever, you know, being, it's all part and parcel being involved in the politics. I'm not going to tell you what cultural route to, to go, you know, because your family will bring you up in whatever diverse you'll be following. So that's, that's that really. I am conservative through and through and I do like to sell a good story of conservative party. That's why I am an activist. I'm there. <laughs> yes, and the monster raving loony party. We can call that Sir Keir Starmer party. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's good to get involved in politics. Even bring your children up to get involved in politics. Getting involved in politics is better than getting involved down the pub with nine to five of your mates. I can promise you that. Um, look after your health, look after your, you know, just 
looking after child's well-being. If you're drinking in the pub in society, you might end up getting beaten up like I did when I was 18. So it's very, very important to get his children involved in something, using their cognitive skills perhaps. Anyway, I'm a conservative party, like I say, um, through the realms of my granddad being under Winston Churchill in World War II, and I was born in the post-modernism era of 1983. That was also when the Greys Maze escape, the Great Maze escape, the biggest prison escape in the biggest uh, prison escape in Great Britain was Great Maze escape. I think 37 of prisoners escaped and uh, run raggedy through Cardiff, the IRA. They uh, they got inside the prison, smuggled two handguns and a seven-inch blade. They left one of the screws in a pool of blood and dug a hole out of the corner of a cell and they all escaped but there you go um, as we move along if you do sign up to conservative uh, party this is how much it is under 26 five pound a year standard membership is 25 pound a year armed forces if you're an ex-armed force or armed forces 15 pound a year members play an active role in a party can attend annual conference and receive voting rights in party elections after three months of membership all for 25 pound per year or two pound per month the reason why I get involved, I've got niece, I've got nephew, I've got my own children. You want to make, you know, you want to, you want to implement laws with them, don't you? With, the, with the other politicians, you want to get involved. You think something's not right at school, not getting the education they need, or the, the school's not, um, well, taking, uh, you know, bullying into consideration. Get involved in politics, make that difference, make that change. Make sure your child or children are getting what they need to throughout life. We've all been through life torment getting yourself involved. Being a Conservative member, you can help them win, win elections, choose candidates and vote in leadership elections. Take part in our campaign groups. Come to the conference, stand for election, connect with local Conservatives, influence party policy, get the latest from inside the party. There you go. What does Conservative mean? Conservative means averse to change or innovation and holding traditional values in a political context, favouring free enterprise, private ownership and socially traditional ideas. Purposely for low for sake of caution. Burgers, yes please, I need some burgers in my life. Sort me out, there's some burgers. Anyway, we're going to have a short break. Um, I'll share these car incidents on Twitter. I've got quite a bit of following on Twitter. I like to share the car incidents of what's going on around my constituency and around London area. Stay tuned, guys. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Yeah, I'm doing my radio. I'm still trying to interact with you as well at the same time. Keep everyone occupied. That's the important thing. Um, LBC, LBC. LBC, if we have a short break for about five minutes before I just share this. <laughs> Someone loves burgers in my building today. That is lovely. He loves burgers. We can't moan at a man for loving burgers. I'm having burgers for dinner. <laughs> I'm having burgers for dinner, I am.
Nothing like burgers. Man, a bit of a technical issue. Power on. Connected. Connected. There we go. Or is the ability to pay a license fee in order, in theory, to watch Amazon Prime for which you're paying a subscription? And the reason is that live events, particularly sport, uh, need to come with a license fee having been paid. Now, I think that's ludicrous. I'm not oh, thanks a lot, guys. To the BBC or anything like that. I've got, I pay for my internet connection and I pay for my Amazon Prime subscription. And if I wanted to watch the football, I'd be able without paying a license fee, even though it's a, it's a live event. What? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that, but I think that's not the real reason behind why they're doing it. I don't believe anyway. That's my that's my opinion. Hmm. They have yes. Okay, the, the the interests of media plurality and subscription model media and fairness to the public are not the consideration here, John. Your view is that it's it's entirely or primarily political. Yeah, and, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I actually agree. I, I, I do agree in terms of. Um, should we look at that? Should it be reviewed? Who's that should the BBC, uh, funding be reviewed? Absolutely. Uh, if everybody else is mm. being squeezed, I think they should be as well, a little bit, or at least looking for that. But is that the sole reason you're doing this, or is there another reason for it? Good to speak to you, John. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Tom, these announcements are just more dead cats. Man, there are a lot of dead cats them. <laughs> Sounds awful. Do you try and get my uh, box? Dead cats that are that are uh, being put on the table, trying to distract attention and ease pressure on him to go, says Tony in Maidstone. Uh, here's Joan. I'm sorry, but how does the BBC argument help the integrity of the Tory party if their MPs can be bought off from holding Johnson to account by sacking others and throwing in BBC and using the mil military to carry out civilian responsibilities? Have they no integrity at all? The thing is, if I was a campaigning backbench Conservative MP and I'd struggled to get my, my issue uh, through to Downing Street or through the government. This is the perfect time at which to try. The Prime Minister has lost authority, there are questions about his future, you have, if you were that backbench MP, the, the power to put in your letter or to start you know, making noises off. So a, a lame duck Prime Minister can be very useful for people who want to achieve certain aims, whether or not you agree with those aims is is not um, unfortunately not the moment to ask here this is about i think in the main keeping conservative mps happy oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three here's chris in norwich hi chris hi how are you doing yeah good thanks a lot guys yeah um i'll just thank your producer um yeah i haven't watched I, I was thinking about this when i was listening to your conversation i can honestly say i don't think i've watched listened or read anything the bbc has put out in the last 10 years um Everything I have, I have via streaming now. I don't even have, I don't even have Sky TV. I have, everything is Amazon, Netflix, Apple TV, yeah. whatever's available. Um, you know, yeah, it costs me X amount a month, but I would rather pay that every month. I know I've got a huge choice and variety of everything I want to watch, as opposed to paying a, a subscription service to the BBC, which is what it is. It, you know, people call it a license fee. We're all mandated by law to pay the BBC the equivalent of about four, 13, 14 pounds a month. Um, well, only in certain circumstances. You know, you're not you're not born having to pay the license fee. No, no, you're not. But if you want a TV, you've got to pay for the BBC. If I want to watch eight out of ten cats on Channel Four, I have to pay the BBC the privilege for doing so. It, you know, it, it, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. Um, I, I don't I, I don't understand the logic. There's no analog signal left in this country anymore. Everything's mm. digital. If yeah. the BBC 
obviously really wanted to raise money and they wanted to stop this whole argument, go subscription based. You know, who, who really, I, mean, I know I wouldn't pay £13 a month, which is technically what it is at the moment, to, to watch the BBC. I, I don't watch it. Um, and the whole argument of, oh, well, we're going to miss out on great shows like Attenborough and Line of Duty, they'll still be there. They're just maybe on a different channel. And the BBC will get funded and they will still put out these shows because those sorts of programmes generate the millions and millions and millions when they sell these programs to other countries. It always surprises me, Chris, that people are saying they use the Attenborough as, as one of the programmes that could go if the licence fee is fiddled around with and the money is cut. And, you know, Attenborough is a great thing and people really like David Attenborough and the work that he's done is, is astonishing and the programmes that he makes are wonderful. I, I, would, I would happily vote for something that got rid of Mrs Brown's boys. I, tell, I mean, that is how that's still on the television. <laughs> I, would pay, I would pay extra to get rid of shows like that. Things like EastEnders, when ratings have been plummeting for years on the BBC, and it's not Every because... Christmas, we get yeah, a, it, another it, Mrs. It, what is it? Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I still enjoy watching the old Only Falls and Horses remake every now and again, replay on TV. Who doesn't? But it's 2022. There's so much content available out there. There's so much better shows out there at the moment. Mm. And the fact that I have to pay by law and risk criminal conviction if I don't pay it to watch Ted Lasso on Apple TV is ridiculous. Chris, good to speak to you. Thank you very much indeed. 03456060973 is the number. More of your calls to come. Plus, after the news, an astonishing story that broke in the week. A suggestion after an, uh, FOI emails were released to an American committee looking into this, that scientists in February 2020 believed it was likely that COVID originated from a lab, but were told that playing up those fears and suggestions would be difficult for science both around the world and in China, and the suggestion is that they downplayed it in order to get rid of that fear. We'll talk about that in more detail after the news. 12.30 now, here's Tim Humphrey. Labour says there should never be another lockdown, setting out its plan to look... We're going to um, move forward. We knew there's not going to be another lockdown. Boris already said that. But anyway, we're talking about Brexit. Brexit, it's going to be a long, long thing at road ahead, you know. There's still talk, the talks of the Brick, um, with Northern Ireland protocol at the moment. Talks to intent, uh, intensify intensify next week. Latest talks were on the Northern Ireland Protocol, where cordial and intensified negotiations are due next week. The UK and the EU say negotiators have been holding a fresh round of talks aimed at reaching agreement on changes to the protocol. The protocol keeps Northern Ireland and the EU single market for goods and EU customs rules are enforced at its ports. The main that means new paperwork and processes for imported materials and equipment from Great Britain. Liz Trust is in good talks with Navos Zefkovic over the past two days. Read our joint statement. Foreign Secretary Liz Truss and Commission Vice President Mark Marcus Zevkovic held their first meeting at Chevening on the 13th of the 14th of January. The meeting took place at the Cordell atmosphere. They agreed that officials would next week in testified talks and that the principals would meet again on the 24th of January. We share a desire for positive relationship between the UK and the EU, underpinned by our shared belief 
in freedom and democracy. Right Honourable Liz Truss. Foreign Secretary Liz Truss and Marcus Zefkovic, the EU Chief Negotiator, issued a joint statement outlining their shared a desire for a positive relationship and commitment to meet on January the 24th. Last time there was a joint statement on the protocol was last February when Michael Gove was led UK negotiator. The UK is seeking fundamental changes to the operation and oversight of the protocol while the EU has offered limits changes amid at reducing the effect on Northern Ireland businesses. I'll be with you in a minute, uh, Yorkshire lad. I think there's a deal to be done. I don't want to make progress, said Miss Truss earlier. Thank you for the gift as well. A different approach, but no progress as yet. When Lord Frost became the minister responsible for the protocol, one of his first actions was unlaterally extend grace periods without lifting a phone to tell Marcus Sefcovic what was coming. The approach from Miss Truss could be more different. Mr. Sefcovic was treated to a sun dap stroll in the grounds of Chevening, the Foreign Office country. Um, mansion. A joint statement of negotiations has also been a rarity in recent times, but it does not yet appear to have been progress in terms of substance. Technical negotiations, which were paused over Christmas holidays, will now testify. So we will have to wait till Mistrust and Mr. Sefcovic will meet again later this month to get a sense of whether there is a deal to be done. Meanwhile, an industry survey suggests more businesses may be getting to grips with the effect the Northern Ireland Protocol was agreed by the EU and UK government in October 2019. But the Unionist Party says this is so-called IRC border undermining Northern Ireland's position in the UK. Manufacturing Northern Ireland surveyed 163 Northern Ireland-based manufacturers in the first week of January. More work is required. Just under a quarter of the manufacturing Northern Ireland surveyed respondents said they were still struggling with protocol processes. However, that is significantly down to from 41% when the manufacturing Northern Ireland conducted in its last survey in July 2021. The survey also, also showed an increase in respondents saying they had seen an increase in businesses with the rest of the UK as a result of the protocol. Under the terms of the protocol, goods entering Great Britain from Northern Ireland ports not subject to check and controls. Manufacturing Northern Ireland said this suggested that confusion around the status of Northern Ireland goods are unfettered as assets in early 2021 has reduced. GB consumers are increasingly looking at Northern Ireland to supply them as supply chains in Great Britain, which become strained under new Brexit import requirements. However, the organisation cautioned that the UK and the EU would have to do more to live up to the co uh, commitments given to Northern Ireland. It's said the commitment from both the UK and the EU in the protocol preamble was at, that the application of the protocol should impact as little as possible on everyday life of the communities in Northern Ireland. The survey confirms this is not the experience from many firms, so more work is required. Got a little uh, talk with Sir Keir Starmer, Sir Keir Rodney Starmer, absolute Rodney. I bear, I'll be bear, I'll be ten minutes. I'll be ten minutes. I'll be with you. Sir Keir Starmer, born on the second of September, three days before me, but how many years? <laughs> Two thousand 
21 years before me. 1962 is a British politician and former lawyer who served as a leader of the Labour Party and leader of the opposition since 2020. He was a member of Parliament from Holborn and St Pancras since 2015. There you go. Sir Keir Starmer. This is funny. Sir Keir Starmer. This is what we all talk about. He, he uh, backlashed at Boris Johnson calling him Captain Hindsight. My goodness. But here we go. Hey, bear. I'll be bear. Give me five minutes. I'll be with you. Keir Starmer says drinking beer in Durham. Absolutely no comparison to Boris Johnson. So he's saying... This is what I call pot kettle black. He's uh, jumping in the media over, all over Boris Johnson and in QAs saying Boris Johnson is a wreck for drinking on, um, in March. But then he's drinking himself. Labour leader Sirke Starmer said a picture showing him drinking a beer with staff on April the 30th last year is absolutely no comparison with the Prime Minister and was not a breach of rules. Sirke was asked on BBC's Sunday morning programme about the footage published in the Mail on Sunday which shows him holding a bottle or chatting with a woman believed to be a Labour MP, Mary Foy, in Mead Durham constituency offices. Labour leader said, I was in a constituency office just days before the election. We were very busy. We were working in the office. We stopped for something to eat and then carried on working. No party, no breach of the rules and no absolutely no comparison with the Prime Minister. Yet it was perfectly lawful to meet for work, which is what we were doing. The party that was put to the Prime Minister on Wednesday happened because an invitation was sent to 100 people saying, let's have a social distant drinks in the garden and bring your booze. There's simply no comparison. Sir Keir said also hopes that Plan B restrictions can be lifted as soon as possible. Speaking on BBC's Sunday morning programme, Sir Keir said, I think the sooner we can lift the final restrictions, the better. I think that's what the whole country wants. I think it's important that we, led by the science on this, we had to access the government scientific and medical advisors. And that's helped us from our views. I hope that those restrictions can be lifted as soon as possible, but I want them to be lifted. The medical science says they should be lifted, not simply because the Prime Minister is in a real mess and he's des desperately trying to get out of it. So if it is the thing to lift those restrictions, we will vote to lift those restrictions, but we'll be led by the science, as we always have been, not by politics propping up by a broken Prime Minister. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave that there. Thank you for tuning in. Proclamation news and gatherings for the prodigious Department of Professor Johnson.